0: Old friend Serena says, uh, you know, a cheek full of uh, sunflower seeds goes a long way.
1: To do this is rambling your weekly Rams podcast that gives you inside of the team and news around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter Serena Morales coming at you from Los Angeles, California. The Rams are now two and zero defeating the Eagles for the first time since 2004. Uh, for each of the last three NFL seasons, the Rams and Chiefs are the only two teams to start out two and zero. Good company. I also have good company joining us today. He's the Benjamin Button of NFL insiders. He may get older but he still gets ID'd for Root Beer. You can find him all over ESPN. He's the co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Say that five times fast. In addition to football, he loves a good pocket square. He loves beer, actual beer, and dogs. He's on Twitter, folks, at Field Yates, and now he's here right now. Fieldy, appreciate
0: you, bud. Wow, Serena. Mm. I, sometimes I joked like, that's the greatest introductions ever get me when I'm starting up on a radio interview or a podcast this one might actually be it that was laced with accuracies with flavor with character that's about as good as it gets and it's great to be back on the show this is probably what the second or third time I've done the podcast with you yeah. so i love talking Rams football um, and if we deviate off course end up talking about TV shows we've been watching during quarantine which is what we did before the podcast got started I'm ready for that as well.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad you're always ready. If you don't want to do your fantasy-focused fo- football podcast with Matthew Barry, not Matt, here, um, feel free. You can just be friends with the
0: Rams. If, Ryan you, if, you, is want to do,
2: if you want to do it with me also, I, I will <laughs> myself.
0: I, I'm, I, 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 I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but like, if one of you guys does want to replace Matthew, I'm here for it.
1: He knows. He already knows. Okay. So I'll put <laughs> in the it's on the open. All right, let's get to it because the Rams are once again the underdogs going into their third game of the season. They were the underdogs against the Cowboys, the Eagles. The Bills are the slight favorite in this game. I should note the Bills are also starting their season 2-0. field. when you look at the Rams, are they an underdog team?
0: Not really. And I guess Vegas has to set lines some way or the other, right? Like invariably somebody has to be an underdog each game. Um every Sunday. But the Rams don't really strike me as an underdog in this game. And I, I think if the line was reversed, I would say, oh, the Bills really shouldn't be an underdog to the Rams either. I just look at these teams as two like fairly well-stacked rosters on both sides of the ball who have played well early on. The Rams have probably been more impressive in terms of the competition they've defeated and especially doing so on the road in Philly after, I mean, not, not that it was a decidedly shorter week, but you play Sunday night, It's a quick week before traveling across the country to Philadelphia. And we also know that early on in the season, especially one where there was no preseason, lines are going to be difficult to assess because the sample size on these players and these teams is still incredibly small, right? So there are things that we have learned in the first two weeks that are going to prove to sustain over the course of the season. There are things that we already know two weeks in that are going to remain that way. But there are also some things that might look a certain way two weeks into the season, that will feel like fool's gold by Halloween or so. That being said, I think this Rams-Bills game might be sneaky, the second best game of the weekend. I think everybody's excited about the Chiefs and the Ravens on Monday night as well. But in terms of like, must see football this is right up there I think with the Packers and the Saints which is a Sunday night game in terms of most anticipated matchups of week two uh week three wow good thing I can count
1: one of those weeks he gave us the underdog for also being like we're exciting but just a little under exciting like we're just whelmed to field dates um the uh, Rams <laughs> you're like I didn't mean to but I did it um I've been very impressed with the, the balanced offensive attack that the Rams are showing this season. 449 yards of total offense, 267 in the air, 191 yards rushing, and the 191 on the ground, that's the most since 2018 when they faced the Cardinals in Week 16. Field, what do you think about, especially, I mean, you probably pay way more attention to this than anybody else besides Matthew Berry and Stefanie Ga. Wow, holy cow, I did not see this coming with the Rams offense.
0: Well, I would say if you had told me by week three that the Rams would be dealing with an injury to Cam Akers, I'm not sure we can call it an injury to Malcolm Brown, but a medical situation, obviously, as Pinky sounds like he's going to be fine for week three, I'd say for them to be running the football, this effectively would be a bit of a surprise, but You know, so one thing that Rams have done, and this is no mystery to you guys, is that the Rams have um, obviously invested substantially in a core group of players. And they have many players that are being paid at or near the top, or if not at the top of the market, their respective positions. Jalen Ramsey, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, the two wide receivers, amongst others. The reality of when you do that, and I think there are people that believe, and I believe this way, the best money you can spend is money in known quantities. And there's no one that you know better than the players already on your roster. When you do that, though, the way you have to win is doing so around the margins. And you have to do so around the margins by nailing the draft in a lot of cases. And what I've been impressed with early on so far is we all know the stat of it's been 97 years since the Rams had a first round pick, it feels like. But more seriously, what was it? This is the fifth straight year there without a first round pick. You got to nail it. And I tend to think in the draft, in a lot of years, it's like, almost like 10, 12, maybe 15 prospects you feel really certain will wind up being star players in the league. Even the back end of the first round is a projection game, in my opinion. But early on this year, we've seen a bunch of guys the Rams have drafted, not in the first round, that have made significant contributions. On offense, certainly we've seen it from someone like Van Jefferson, Daryl Henderson, who a lot of buzz last year, and this year seems to have realized that potential and that buzz. And then Defensively, obviously, we know that you have a six-round safety and a former fifth-round pick, and Jordan and Micah, respectively, who all of a sudden look like, you know, two foundation pieces of this defense.
1: Right. It's pretty crazy, and you spoke about the defense. Now under Brandon Staley, I would say it's exciting. I mean, you said it. Micah Kaiser is your NFC uh, Defensive Player of the Week. He led the Rams with 16 total tackles. He missed all of last season because he tore his pectoral during a preseason game against the Cowboys. Um, But in college at Virginia, he led the ACC in tackles for three straight seasons. So it's no surprise that this guy's now coming to light. Um, And I think, you know, his position playing in the box there is really when you have a guy like Aaron Donald and you're going to double team that guy and you're prepared, it opens up the game a lot for your linebackers to just jump in there.
0: Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people that uh, feel as though sometimes the the, the, the tackle statistic can be a little bit, it it lacks context. Like, yeah, okay. It's great. You have lots of tackles. Is that because the guys in front of you stink? Is it because the guys behind you are not doing their job? And I I sort of, I actually find that sometimes a little bit like dismissive of the accolades of players that pick up tons of tackles. Um, And I know that not all tackles are created equally. I would also say though, that like, it's a block and tackle game still. We've seen a lot of poor tackling around the NFL, and I don't think that Micah Kaiser's value is limited strictly to making tackles. He's a quarterback, if not the quarterback of the defense right now. You mentioned all the production he had at his time in Virginia. William V. Campbell, award winner, which one of the great individual awards that is handed out in college football – every single year. So a player that I Bring out
1: the stats on our players. You know, you know. Accolades. This is, you know,
0: you all know all this information. But I would say that this is a player that uh, in college had some desirable traits that maybe projected to the NFL. And the fact that it took him, you know, a couple of years, obviously one of them lost to the injury last year. I was talking about how the Rams, I think, are going to have to win around the margins. And this is a win. This is, you know, this is a flex from Les Snead. This is a fifth-round linebacker who, through two weeks, has been, you know, maybe the most indispensable player on the Rams' defense, not named Aaron Donald. Because whenever we're handing out awards to the defense, we have, a, like, an Aaron Donald category and then everybody else.
2: I think <laughs> one of the other things that's been really impressive with uh, that inside linebacker situation is, you know, the not only that the, they're plugging up the middle, but also the way him, him and Kenny Young have uh, been able to stretch, get to the sidelines and make tackles too. And I think Kenny Young's another guy who, you know, when you, you trade Marcus Peters and get Kenny Young in return, people are going, "Who? Uh, we traded Marcus Peters for who?" And uh, you know, he had he had a fumble recovery last week, and you see him, him and Kaiser both uh, sticking with receivers and coverage and stuff, and still making plays. So I think shout out to all the uh, the not Aaron Donalds and Jalen Ramseys of this defense, keeping it keeping it locked.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, think about last week. It was supposed to be the Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard show, right? The That's- unbelievable one-two tight end duo for the Eagles, maybe the best, probably the best, no, definitely the best one-two uh, tight end duo in the NFL. I can't think of who would be next, uh, maybe Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett. Um, But uh, in any event, I think that the best tight end duo last week was much less of a factor than most people anticipated. So again, another way of, of illustrating how not the moves that we all talk about we don't you know obviously when you sign a cornerback to a five-year 100 million dollar extension or you sign a wide receiver to a four-year 68 million dollar extension or four-year oh, sorry three-year 48 million dollar extension we're going to talk about that a lot but you're right kenny young was viewed and i'll be i'll be the first to admit that maybe i was guilty of this too as a throw-in in the marcus peters tree um and here he is a year later it took you know it took basically a half a season of games a little bit plus a little bit more uh, but he's making a mark. And if they can keep this up, then the Rams are going to be right in the thick of it, if not, if not at the top of it, in a super competitive division. I'm like, my mind is blown. I get, my mind goes into a pretzel thinking about how difficult the NFC West is this year. Like, it's silly how good this division is.
1: It's not Fairfield, and we're going to get to that in a second. But you mentioned, talked about tight ends. So I would like to skip to what makes me happy, and it is Tyler Higby, the Rams tight end has grown out his hair I'm not sure if you've noticed this but he is oh, yeah. dominating three receiving touchdowns in the game against the Eagles the most receiving touchdowns for a Rams player since in a game since Torrey Holt I'm all for keeping this beautiful hair if he wants to make a mullet do your thing but I'm big fan of long hair Tyler Higby
0: if he doesn't if, if he if he keeps his hair for the rest of the year doesn't cut it I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to have to go to dramatic measures. I don't know, I don't know if that's a jersey. Maybe I'll, I'll get his jersey tattooed on my body, um, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it, Tyler, because I think Serena's right. The biggest reason behind those three touchdowns this past Sunday is not the outstanding play calling and the natural touch of Jared Goff. It is the fact that he hasn't cut his hair since probably Valentine's Day or something like that, and it looks excellent. More flow equals more touchdowns. <laughs>
2: I don't even
1: have another word for you. Newest around the NFL field, you mentioned it just before. You talked about Tyler Higby's beautiful hair. The Rams are one of five teams in the NFC that are 2-0. Three of them are in the NFC West field. Why does the NFC West need to be so good? Where do you see the Rams kind of landing in this tough division?
0: Yeah, I, so I think the, what this really ties back to, obviously, is quarterback plays is, is so good in the NFC West. You've got uh, two number one overall picks, Tyler Murray and Jared Goff. You've got Russell Wilson, who we don't hand out awards two weeks into the season, but probably is the MVP two weeks, to the, to, uh, two weeks into the NFL season. And then a San Francisco team that has basically had everything that could go wrong go wrong to them so far this year. And they still won by 18 points in week two. The Jets are obviously not a, you know, this is not their year. um, But I still believe the 49ers uh, are a pretty impressive team, all things considered. I don't know how this happened. I mean, it's, you know, each of these teams has had some peaks and valleys over the past five to seven years. And maybe it's that the valleys resulted in them making really good decisions, right? So in the Rams case. know, uh, a couple of notable trades that led to the ability to be flexible moving around the draft and obviously nailing some huge, huge selections and Aaron Donald and Jared as well. The 49ers had a really rough stretch for a while there, but they were able to land back to back top five selections. So some of those things have worked in their favor that you wouldn't necessarily want to go through at the time. But this division loaded, and I don't know how um, you could possibly say at this moment that any team is definitely behind the rest. Like, I, So how do I think it shakes out? Uh, I'll answer that in like 12 weeks. How's that sound?
1: At the end of the season when you yeah, yeah. are already out there, Field will answer it. Yeah, them. totally. Field, are you a mustache or a beard guy? Because uh, Minshew and Fitzpatrick have a game on Thursday, and the news from around the NFL is – well, mustaches are in, although the Rams are playing uh, the beard in yeah. week eight. There's a yeah. big concern here.
0: Right, so I think that uh, Gardner Minshew offers a bit more versatility, right? We've seen just a nice upper lip, fur, brow thing. Uh, we've also seen a Fu Manchu from him. I do believe he can grow an excellent beard as well. Would it be surprised if he could maybe like do some surprise chin strap if he ever wanted to really keep us on our toes uh, Fitz has been dedicated to the big, bushy beard for a while now, and I can't help this. Whenever I, I see someone with that big, big, bushy beard, I, like, I want to itch my own beard because it looks like it would be uh, very, very uncomfortable. Yet people like Ryan Fitzpatrick, James Harden, the producer of our podcast, Daniel Dopp.
1: He has grown all, that thing out yeah. impressively.
0: It's, I mean, he hides lunch there some days when he doesn't have enough room in his backpack. Um, it's so big and bushy. So uh, it's very impressive. I got to tell you, I don't know that I could personally endure multiple years or months of, uh, of having a beard that well-grown, uh, Chia Pet-like. But I would say I, I side with the mustache here. And because of versatility, I just think there's so much the Gardner can do. Like he could throw us off uh, on Thursday and show up with something that nobody would have anticipated. And I'd say, that's Gardner Minshew for you.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Speaking of quarterbacks, Who is Josh Allen, and why does he think he can truck linebackers? What in the world is going on? The Rams are going to face him this coming weekend in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, there are some elements of Cam Newton here. Cam Newton in his prime, and maybe Cam is back in his prime now. Again, two weeks in, looks phenomenal uh, in New England. But I think that there are some elements of Cam Newton here with Josh Allen. Uh, they don't run as much as Cam did, the sort of the peak of his powers. and
1: Around the same size field, like literally yeah. five, over 240, 240-ish. That's a yeah. linebacker, not a quarterback
0: sure. size. Comparable size, um, to your point, Serena. I, obviously, we always talk about Josh Allen. We always say massive arm. But I think what I've decided recently is that um, – so when we talk about – certain players usually on defense like we'll talk about a guy and he may have a natural position but like he's a playmaker is where we end up right so like hey Jalen Ramsey is a cornerback, but he's much more than a cornerback, right he's a playmaker if you needed them to cover a tight end in the slot you could do that If you need to come up and make a play in the running game you could do that as well and I think that I've decided that that's the best description for Josh Allen is that he's a quarterback and obviously as a quarterback your job is to team you got to make accurate throws you got to be consistent you have to be the most reliable player in your huddle but like Josh Allen's a playmaker too like he could be under duress a guaranteed sack coming his way next thing you know he pirouettes out of the sack goes over delivers a you know a, a stiff arm uh, he might fumble a ball in the same play which is basically what I'm doing is describing what happened last week but then he could also be tough enough to fish the ball back out of the the, 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 the scrum there so he's just a playmaker and uh, it's been a lot more good than mistakes this year. There are going to be some moments he's going to leave a couple of plays out on the field. And in previous years, NFL teams that have faced Josh Allen have had to be opportunistic. If he gives you the opportunity, if he gives you the shot to take the football away, you got to take it. But it's an ascending player. And you know, part of what really helped Jared make the leap from where he was as a rookie to where he has gotten to at this point in his career is the investment of people around him you know, Les need puts a lot of draft capital and investment into the offensive line and Andrew Whitworth and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. And, you know, obviously, at the time, Todd Gurley was there for much of Jared's, uh, or I guess, the first five, four or five years of Jared's career. Uh, you know, Sean McVay and his staff, you know, you've constantly had really smart people under Sean McVay. The Bills are doing the same thing right now. They've got a really Really impressive group of coaches there that are developing Josh Allen. You've got a good group of skill guides. They were they were uh, primed to make a move this offseason, and they did that. They gave up their first-round pick, and the early returns with Stephon Diggs has been one of the best additions in the NFL this offseason. It's part of the reason why this game, as I mentioned earlier, it's, you know what, it's the number one game of the weekend. That's what it is, Serena, number one game. We've come around to that.
1: We've moved up. After- we heard it here
2: first. Yeah. I also just wanted to throw out there that uh, I'm looking at, at the uh, 2019 rushing leaders, including running backs. Uh, at 23, you got Lamar. At 42, you got Josh Allen. And then at 49, you got Kyler Murray. So do with that information for what you will.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're an at to tackle. Like, and, and the thing about Josh Allen and tackling him is, like, it's not pleasant, right? Like, he – not that – and, like, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are tough to tackle, obviously. Like, you can't tackle what you can't hit. But you might be able to hit Josh Allen – and then you might just end up on the wrong side of it. And that's the part that's scary for a defender is he's as big as probably, I don't know, at least half of the Rams defensive players. I mean, certainly the entire secondary is not as big as Josh Allen. And there are probably a couple of linebackers that are that are lighter than, than Josh Allen. He is a he's a, a Mack truck out there.
1: He put down, I, I forget the number of the defender that went, decided to face, I mean, do his job, but, go after Josh Allen when he decided to run. I was like, okay, that's definitely a linebacker and maybe, like, a defensive lineman. No yeah, problem.
0: it's a business decision. Business <laughs> decision when you when you see Josh Allen running. So uh, this would be – again, for those that don't know my background, like, I decided not to play in the NFL. probably could have, uh, but it's because of things like Josh Allen having to tackle him that I decided instead to work for ESPN.
1: He was – were you going to be one of the cheer like what were you for the flags like no i don't even want to insult those guys yeah.
0: no i was going to be uh, yeah i was going to yes. be support staff member i'm not sure sports what i was gonna be, what my role was going to be but i was going to be a support staff member
1: i joke field is like one of the best athletes I've
2: ever met in my entire
0: life. You haven't met many athletes then, Serena. I appreciate you saying that, though.
1: What am I even doing, right? I don't meet athletes ever. Matt, it's time. Let's do it.
2: All righty. Let's just move it right along to Serena's socially distant social segment. Uh, I know we're, so we're excited running.
1: every week. Uh, it's now time for
2: – Attention, everybody in the audience. It is now time. Or Serena's social segment. I think
1: the the siren outside of the streets more excited about it. Go ahead. This goes on
2: NPR, right?
1: Yes. Okay.
2: So, uh, but yeah, no, for real. Uh, since you know, fantasy football is kind of your thing. We're just wondering some some what would it look like to build your fantasy team for NFL Sundays, but not really a team, just like your NFL Sunday fantasy. So, okay. assuming assuming you're not working, right, Serena? Like, we're, we're just saying we're, ch- we're chilling for this NFL Sunday.
1: Okay. Yeah, uh, you are home right you now yep. on Sunday. Okay.
2: this is good It job. is 1245 uh, East Eastern time. I think yep. that's right. That's when they start over there. <laughs>
1: uh, that's what happens. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what is your go-to meal that you're ordering because it's socially distant?
0: Great call. I was going to say, great call there. You got to sort of a, address a few things here food. What are you eating? And I think it's got to involve wings. I, you know, I know that's like so generic and so obvious, but you know what? Wings are the perfect food for Sunday. You know why? Because you can, you can have a plate of 15 or 20 in front of you and you can decide if you want to have four or if you want to have 15 of them, that's up to you. The world is your oyster in this sense. If you want to switch it up with sauces, if you want to have, you know, I I personally, I stick to Buffalo with blue cheese, but if you want to get wild, then you can get as wild as you'd like. So definitely have to have some wings involved and then i'm on a kick recently and i don't know if it's like i watch a lot of baseball during the summer maybe it was i don't know what it is but uh sunflower seeds ha- i can't stop eating sunflower seeds these days which i know are like total throwback and everybody eats sunflower seeds but like
1: ranch, ranch. or just regular
0: uh, i have a bag of ranch about six feet from me socially distant from me right now um but uh, but you know, I also like I, I'll, I'll buy a bag of ranch, and then I'll go dill pickle, then I'll go regular. You name it. We'll go to barbecue, um, and then I think the outfit's important. You got to decide what you're wearing, and let's be honest, uh, it's got to be some sort of sweats and sweat shorts because it's still warm enough that uh, you don't have to wear sweatpants. A little too, you know. I don't want to be sweating while watching games from my couch. That's important, and then you gotta have a couple brews. And I, I, by a couple, I mean a few. Uh, and by few, maybe more than a few, right? So you got to go something a little bit lighter to be able to you know, handle. It's a long day, right? You got to pace yourself. So uh, something that is desirable to have and like maybe, you know, for over a long, long period of time here. And then um, at some point you're going to have to get up and do something athletic to, uh, you know, get some, some energy back into your body. Uh, so you go take a nap for like 20 minutes after this 4 p.m. Games before the 8 p.m. Game begins, which is, this is East coast time. So it's a long day. It's like you said, it's, it's, this would be like, you know, this is 10 a.m. until approximately 8.30 p.m. on the West Coast, right? Yep.
1: Is God, that flex the, the so bad? Just flex the nap.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he pretty much just went ahead and did the whole thing for me. I had like a, a list of questions and he knocked them all out. Uh, but so yeah, did. the only one that I had was like a flex and it was just going to be like a wild card, you know, your favorite beverage, favorite buddy Ooh. to watch with your dog. But a, a nap yeah. works too, but if you got anything extra.
0: Yeah, you know what? Um, I haven't had a Sunday with – my dog is only seven months old, I think. I have a golden retriever. He's a good boy. And uh, so I haven't had a football Sunday with him because I've been working each football Sunday since we got him. But I can imagine that uh, it would be yeah, – that would be the perfect flex right there. It's like at some – maybe the, the we, we replace the nap with a walk. Take, him for, take Cisco for a walk. Uh, go watch some Rams highlights and then get ready for the late game, the 8 p.m. East Coast game.
2: I do have one more question. Are you a are you a one seat at a time person, or are you handful and just hold it there for until you're just raw?
0: Oh, handful! It's it's Absolutely. it's part of the aesthetic, right? Like I want to look like a baseball player. Like I right. don't think that I could hit two seventy five and maybe bat eight for the Dodgers. Like I want that. I know it's not true, but I want that. So you I have to it. It have the full cheek worth.
2: I'm right with you. You just like have to step up every and just like adjust the the watch strap every between every play.
0: Oh, my 100%. here,
1: Just full of ranch seeds.
0: You know what? Yeah, I was going to say, can I credit you when I do this from the set? Please do. Old friend Serena says, uh, you know, a cheek full of uh, sunflower seeds goes a long way.
1: No one will notice. No one will notice at all.
0: Okay. It, it might must- help to slow down because sometimes I speak too fast. So that could slow down my cadence a little bit, you know? There's I'm like the reverse of when Jared's getting to the line and Sean's sitting there like, hey, we got we to move here. We got to move. We got to move. It'd be the inverse of that. It'll be just me going up there as if we have too much time on the clock. Like we're trying to drain some clock because we're up six points with less than two minutes to go and the opponent only has one timeout left. That's, we're putting this all together. I can see it taking shape.
2: Literally chewing the clock.
0: Yeah, chewing up the clock. That's right. Literally chewing the clock.
2: Oh,
1: geez. We're going to end this with say what you talked about wings and you talked about Sean McVay. So during the last episode of Coach Speak with NFL Network's Peter Schrager and her head coach Sean McVay, the two of them got down to the nitty gritty.
0: Ranch or blue cheese, Sean McVeigh, What's your what's your buffaloing
2: choice? Without a doubt, ranch. I mean, I'll put ranch. Ranch is a good way. Blue cheese, a little too chunky. I'm not. I, I don't like blue cheese. I'm just not a fan of it. You know, I'm really not. Are you a wing guy? I feel like you're a health dude. Wing guy or no? I feel like I, I was a wing guy for the good first thirty years. and I had to stray away a little bit, but I don't know with you. All right? That depends on how many beers I've had. I mean, you get you get enough beers in me. Mean, I'll have i I'll have some wings. I'll eat. I'll eat anything you put in front of me.
0: Field. What All right, so I, Yeah, I, I tend not to, I try to not disagree with Sean in many things in life. Very, very smart man a man uh, well beyond his age in terms of wisdom. I'm just, you know, I think ranch is, is the inferior choice to accompany your wings. That being said, uh, as we learned during hard knocks, like if Sean McVay, when he takes off his shirt, the world is like, dude, Sean McVay like could play for the Rams. Meanwhile, like if I take off my shirt, people are like, why does your body go inwards and not like you like do you have a dent or something like you are the least manly person I've ever seen so maybe Sean McVeigh, uh is right on this argument
1: I gotta tell you there was I should have I'll pull this up for next week's podcast for our say what Sean um, was asked if he had ever seen Jared without a shirt and then joked that like because we saw him without a shirt and he was just like Jared doesn't want this
0: Correct.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Sean, that's great. <laughs> so
0: he is one of a kind. I'm very happy to see him doing so well, obviously, and uh, that's going to st- uh, keep up for a long time. So the Rams are in good hands with their leadership, that much is for sure.
1: And the team reporter, but that's just a shameless plug. So that's, Who's that? Who knows? I'm
2: <laughs> Hi, I'm the team reporter. Uh, <laughs> just got bumped up. Thanks for joining right. Ramblin'. Uh, I'll take it from here.
1: Oh, geez. Field, appreciate you. Um, That's it. That's another episode of Ramblin' in the Books. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as we'll be bringing you more episodes throughout the season. If you're craving more Rams podcasts, we have a thousand. And by a thousand, I mean three. We've got Rams Revealed with J.B. Long, Rams Iconic with former Ram DeMarco Farr, and we just brought Back Between the Horns. So make sure you check them all out, and make sure you check out my buddy Field Yates on his fantasy-focused football podcast. Although, let's be honest, you're probably already listening to it, so Field? I hope so. I hope so, too.